2: You are
3: listening to LGBTQ America. My name is Brandon Carmody. We want to welcome our listeners in the United States and around the world. Good Sunday to you. This is MLK Weekend, and today we begin with the word Dr. King. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere.
2: Those who say to me, stick to civil rights, I have another answer. Others can do what they want to do. That's their business. Other civil rights leaders, for various reasons, refuse or can't take a stand or have to go along with the administration. That's their business. But I'm afraid <laughs> that I know that justice is indivisible. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice Everywhere.
3: And with that, I want to welcome our Sunday
4: panelists to the show.
3: Roddy Biggs is the host of Spectrum Stories, our new show on Gay News America. Roddy, welcome back.
4: Always great to be here, Brandon.
3: All right. Thank you, Roddy. Kendra Chelsea is a transgender activist living in the Washington, D.C. area. Kendra, welcome to the show.
5: Hi. I'm glad to be here.
3: Thank you. And Peter Boykin is a president, activist, and Internet hero for gaysfortrump.org, also an ally host of the Deplorable Gala Inauguration, which is scheduled, of course, for Friday the 20th. Peter, welcome to LGBTQ America.
0: Welcome to YouTube.
3: All right, welcome, everybody. So in our first segment, we're going to talk about some current LGBTQ topics and news, um, starting with GLSEN. GLSEN is hosting the No Name Calling Week. So um you having some affiliation with Glisten, we're gonna to turn to Roddy Biggs here. Roddy, what can you tell us about Glisten's No Name Calling Week?
4: So Glisten No Name Calling Week has been going on for quite some time now. I recently just got appointed as the Eastern Sea chapter leader for Glisten. And the work this no name calling week is amazing. So during the course of the week, students, faculty, staff, all administration in K 12 schools and even some institutions of higher education are encouraged to not only not use derogatory terms during the week or in the school year, but also to implement policies or to talk about different issues like sexuality or gender identity in their classrooms during the week. Listen has all kinds of resources available for people to use to talk a bit and they encourage everyone just to love one another which is what we all are here to do anyway so another big thing people try to do is get proclamations from the city mayor's offices and are 100% welcoming to giving proclamations for no name calling so that's always great to see I know the city of Knox's Mayor Matt and met with and myself to give us a proclamation for blessing, And so that's going to be presented at a local school. And that's pretty much the story that's going to happen all throughout the upcoming week, which is interesting enough, it starts on M.O.K. and ends on the inauguration day. What's planned to happen? Yeah, No Name Calling Week is just a great week for all students. And it's a great week for faculty to show students they care.
3: Okay, awesome. Thank you. So I'm going to go around the panel. I'm going to come back to you at the end, Roddy, but um, Kendra, coming over to you real quick here. So now that you hear about the no-name-calling week from Glisten, tell me briefly, um, were you, you know, subject to name-calling and bullying in school yourself, and what do you see as some of the positives of no-name-calling week?
5: Actually, I I, I was early in my um, life, uh, elementary school I had that problem uh, it, it kind of eased out when I tried to blend in deny who I was um, and people kind of started accepting me and I can see that as a problem and I think this is an outstanding program I wished I would have knew a little bit about it in advance I work with the University of Maryland and uh, I could have uh, approached some people there and and got their attention but uh, I still have that opportunity, so
3: I think it's great. I think it should be like this: twelve months a year, and with these students and the people that you're in communication with right now, do you see name calling as still being an active and real threat or real problem current tense?
5: Absolutely, yeah. Um, I live in a more accepting area, but uh, I still see it. From the you know when I'm out with my friends and there there's instances it happens a lot so uh, I think awareness education is probably the best best route and this could be the beginning of that education people
3: need. Awesome, thank you, uh, Peter Boykin. Um, were you subject to any type of bullying, name calling in school? Did you see it happen to others, and what is the value of no name-calling week right now in 2017?
0: Well, um, when I went to a lot of the schools I went to was private school until high school, and fortunately in high school, I never actually ran into any case of name-calling per se. I was more of a Trekkie at school, so Um, I was a mascot, and I'd worked with the SCA, and you know, people kind of like me. So, you know, if they were laughing behind my back, I didn't know, you know, so <laughs> nobody messed with me at school. But I didn't really witness a lot of um, bullying per se. Um, I do agree, though, that bullying is no, has no place in school. Um, unfortunately, a lot of that can be learned from the teachers themselves because you do have a lot of teachers, especially when you go to high schools and colleges, that express themselves and their political beliefs out very loudly and actually can make a more volatile atmosphere. So it kind of works only if the teachers and the staff are also involved.
3: No, that's, that's a great point. I think that's totally fair and valid. Um, Roddy Biggs I promise I would come back to you we know from your prior testimonies that you had experienced both bullying and name calling do you want to share just briefly what happened to you
4: sure so from the beginning of middle school all the way through my junior year in high school I received death notes was was thrown in a locker was beaten up bullied Picked on, so I mean, to no end, called people who never, never not even imagine that someone could call a human being. So that's kind of what's put me where I am today. And I would like to share something that's on the Gibson website about No Name Calling Week. So the 2017 theme is Celebrate Kindness with Flicit No Name Calling Week. It is supported by over 60 national partners and organizations no Name Calling Week at Glisten is an effort to create safe schools free of name calling, bullying,
2: and bias. We
4: encourage everyone to participate, no matter who you are or where you are. And on the web, there are a wide variety of resources and planning tips to implement in your schools. If you'd like more information on Glisten's No Name Calling Week, you can visit glisten.org/participate/programs/no-name-calling-week. Thank
3: you, Rod. Again, we're working on trying to get GLSEN on as a guest for Spectrum Stories. Is that correct?
4: That is absolutely correct. I've been corresponding with a few people, and I hope to have something very soon.
3: Okay, thank you. So I wanted to look at our next topic. Um, Of course, the Trevor Project. Everyone here should be familiar with the Trevor Project. Uh, Put out an article today entitled, three reasons that it's totally valid to have more than one gender identity and of course um, the Trevor Project is a very respected organization that is working every day to save lives, change hearts and minds so we uh, really believe that they do a lot of great work so I want to give you the three main points if my computer will cooperate (laughs) but it is certainly an interesting idea so number one gender can change from moment to moment. Some people feel strongly that they have a fixed gender, but my gender feels more like a performance. When I do my nails, for example, I'm performing a certain American version of femininity. So I want to um, mix it up a little bit. We'll go around in a different order here. I want to come over to Kendra Chelsea and ask if you would comment, if you would, on this article from the Charter Project about the different reasons it's valid to have more than one gender identity. What do you think about that? Well, I, I actually agree with that,
5: but the terminology that they use, gender identity, I mean, on a basic level, there's two genders, and there's um, transitioning between the two genders, but identities, I see it, and it's needed. There People identify differently, people, and people need to respect how other people feel. And I've explained this before to people, as in... Uh, You can't judge me, Uh, you can't know how I feel unless you're inside me, inside my mind. It's like uh, somebody that was never able to see before, and then somebody else is trying to explain to them what the color blue is. It's impossible, so you have to just be accepting of that. And absolutely, there is many different gender identities. I have my best friends in the world identify, identify differently than I do. So I totally understand it. I accept that. So
3: definitely. Okay. Let um, me go on to Peter. Um, what do you think about three different reasons? It's totally valid that more than what gender identity. Do you have people in your circle that identify as such, that self-identify this way?
2: Uh,
0: personally, um, I – I personally, myself, identify as a male, but um, I not living in that kind of environment, I can't really exactly understand it myself, but I can respect it. Um, so it's really not – I can't deny anybody for that. It's strange to me, and I'm sure it's strange to some people, but completely understand and I don't reject people. We don't reject people for who they are. Um, it gets a little confusing. I don't like the whole pe- whole event when people get triggered over the them, they, theirs, and expect people to understand. And then they actually have started on college campuses where people get charged or for things like you know, and trying to kick people off a of college just because they didn't you know are suing people because they didn't call them a certain uh, a right. certain thing. Right? Not so, But I'm like, if we don't know, if you're fluid, unless you're wearing a sign or something, I'm looking at you, if you look like a male, I'm going to think you are a male. If you're, you know, a a transvestite or or a transgender or a drag queen or, you know, you look like a woman or whatever, hey, we're going to go with the sexuality that I personally conceive you as. So you might have your conception, but I might have my conception of who you are. Um, I've met multiple people, and I respect everybody, and I took up for a lot of transgender people, um, especially years ago when someone came to work with us, and they happened to be transgendered, and um, they had a problem with bathrooms because we didn't have a bathroom for them. I had to speak up and get them an actual, there was a unisex toilet, and the the, um, cleaning crew kept trying to lock.
2: Right, and I had right. to tell
0: them off to say this person has to use the bathroom, and they wanted to laugh and snicker about it. And I took up for them. I was like, they, that's what they choose to identify. They have to use the bathroom, so it's a big, big issue out there. But um, I completely um, identify. I, I think it's a little different than what
3: we, what the our so-called norm. But it's normal for them. I'm good with it. Roddy Biggs, um, do you think being the president of a GSA and seeing where there's some opportunities perhaps for getting out more information as our LGBTQIA++++ family expands and we grow more diverse, do you think that there's more opportunities both in education, media, television, whatever is out there to help um, everyday folks kind of understand these nuances within our community?
4: Absolutely. So being the president of a GSA, I know people who identify in all ends of the spectrum for being trans or gender non-conforming or agendered,
1: gender fluid.
4: So it's always challenging to figure out how someone identifies the best way to figure that out. And so what I always tell people and what I advocate to people is that if you're unsure, the worst possible thing that can happen if you just ask someone. So like on my set, when I don't know, or even if I do know and just don't want to assume, first thing I'll say is, hi, I'm Roddy Biggs. I prefer he, him, his pronouns, what pronouns you prefer. And people will tell me. And then from then on, it's smooth sailing. I don't have to worry about misgendering someone. I don't have to worry about their misgendering me. So, I always just say, if you can speak up, advocate, and talk to people about their identity, and make that the norm, make asking people about their identity, asking people to tell you who they are instead of assuming, then at some point, we won't have to be having these conversations, and it would just be hey, how are you today? And it doesn't really matter anymore what pronouns you prefer because it's not a part of our culture or language anymore. Yes.
3: Um, Kendra, a question. So with all of the LGBTQ progress and the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, inclusion in the military, same-sex marriage in the Supreme Court, everything that we saw our broader community as a whole acquire in these last eight years under the Obama presidency, is it still go without saying that the trans community is the most left behind and not included in our overall rainbow, or is that, is that just the understatement of the year?
5: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think um, after the, the last few victories, they they realized that they've lost the other side, the you know anti lgb part of the LGBT. And I think they turn their attention on us. I mean, with the bathroom bills that's passing or, or up for vote, um, uh, that's in a direct attack. They're um, they, they, they are willing to let our lives be at stake just be uh, uh, an attack on this part of the LGBT. And um, it, it, it's very frustrating to see see that situation. And it's a bill, all those bills, like I've said all all along, are destined to fail. There's uh, so many so many states now are pumping out birth certificates, correct forms of birth birth certificates that even driver's license passports. Even if you carry a birth certificate, they can't stop you from going into the ladies' room in North Carolina. In fact, it would be illegal for me, according to their bill, to so even into even going to the men's room. So, um, yeah, it's a direct attack on us. And I and and sometimes it feels like there's not a lot of support to
3: to help us out. Do you one last question for you, uh, Kendra? Do you feel like the organizations, all the big ones that we name on a regular basis, HRC, it gets better. Trevor Project, GLAD. Do you feel like they get it? Like they are keeping the trans issue front and center as far as all of the work that they do? Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, there's a, most
5: organizations are on our side. Uh, that that's not that's not in doubt. But there are some extreme circumstances where uh, they don't feel that we fit with their issues, and that's a rare occurrence. I, I you know I don't have a problem with most main. Organizations that support the LGBT. It's just the extremists on the other side that, that they kind of want to keep
3: us excluded.
5: Um, that's when I, when I start having a problem.
3: Yeah. Peter, just a question for you. If you have any insight into this on the right, do you have any insight as to far as why the bathroom issue is so important to the Republican establishment as far as pushing through some of these bathroom bills in in a nation where we've seen so much pro-LGBTQ rights and same-sex marriage, do you understand at all why they want to make it such a forefront issue and try to take us a few steps back when we've gone so far forward?
0: Um, Being uh, based around North Carolina, dealing with the the HB2 bill in that area, um, people don't really actually understand that, Uh, Pat McCroy was the uh, mayor of Charlotte. He came in as more of a moderate Republican. In Charlotte, from what I have seen, Charlotte had basically, without any kind of voters, had passed an ordinance that basically said that any establishment had to let anybody, no matter what, use whatever bathroom they feel like. So... That had nothing to do with transgender rights at that point. It was just basically you use whatever bathroom you want. That was an issue. But so basically the more conservative, ultra-conservative Republicans passed a equal law um, that got changed a little bit. That involved the bathroom issue. And I think when it comes down to it, it's not so much the bathroom issue per se because that has been brought up. It's It's more of a – changing room kind of locker room issue we don't want someone to have the sex you know parts of like say transgendered uh person you know goes to change in front of girls and then they get naked and then they have the opposite parts. um so that was the biggest problem they had and people do make an issue about who goes to the bathroom and who doesn't but for me I don't care because all we are supposed to be doing in a bathroom is sharing a sink. I, for one, don't like using urinals. Um, um, I have no problem with whoever uses whatever bathroom they want. And um, I can tell you, for one, in Greensboro, North Carolina, when I went to a rally there, they actually do have a gender-neutral bathroom there. Um also if people would take note that Walmart Super Walmart has a family restroom. They've had one for very very long a very long time. Um but I don't think it's a big issue about the bathroom issue. I don't think anybody should be standing and ask for birth certificates or anything like that. You know, if you're dressed and if you're appearing as a female or a male, then you should use the bathroom that is more toward what you are. Now, if you're a Male, as a male, and you just want to walk into the women's room at this point, that doesn't fly. So that's the problem that people had. And after talking to a lot of people, it's a mixed issue. But um, I think the biggest problem is that you can't just create laws forcing businesses to make changes so drastically like they did in Charlotte. I Pat McCoy yeah. basically said he would drop the bill if Charlotte would drop their bill. And of course, he lost his rebid probably because of a stupid bathroom law.
3: I, I think so. Thank you, Peter. Um, Roddy Big, looks like you called in another line. Um, what uh, would you like to say in response to all of the um, bathroom bill laws and controversies and the fact that it's still an ongoing uh, legal matter in 2017?
4: I think it's stupid. I mean, you look back in the early 50s, we had the exact same thing going on because someone had a different skin color than you. And we finally were able to say, you know what, that's dumb. Why are we so focused on bathrooms over skin colors? Why are we so focused on water fountains and skin colors? So we were able to look past that. And I really think if someone truly identifies as a different gender than what's on the birth certificate, who cares what bathroom they are in. And if like I always tell people that if you know what gender the person next to you in the bathroom is is, then you're doing something wrong. Like unless you're standing over the stall staring down to see what parts they have, you're not using the bathroom like you're supposed to be. Most people just want to go to the bathroom and get sold out. They don't care about any of the other things. And so, to me, I don't care. And I know in a lot of statistics shows, the majority of people who molest people in bathrooms, which I know people don't want to hear, are straight males. It's not a transgender person, because all they want to do is go to the bathroom. All these trans kids in schools want to do is go to a bathroom and know that they're not going to get the shit beaten out of them for going yeah. to pee. So to me, okay, it's not a big
3: you. deal. We, like, we are uh, going to be moving on in a moment here, but I'm going to pass the final thought on this to Kendra. I think it's appropriate. Kendra, we, we're being really nice and really politically correct, but I want to call out, um, we're talking about transphobia, right? I mean, when it comes to actual legislation, that specifically singles out the transgender group from our community in terms of banning them from bathrooms and penalties. We're talking about transphobia, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah.
5: And and I I want to make one thing clear. Well, actually, two. One is uh, transgender people, transgender women, have been using uh, women's room for as long as there's been public restrooms. They have to go somewhere. And it's just brought to the forefront because it is a war. That's one. And, and gender-neutral family restrooms are fine and everything, but when you get into school situations, it, it's allowing them to point out this person is different. You go here. You're a boy. You go here. You're a girl. You go here. You, who identify as a girl, you got to go in this place. It's across the hall, down the hall, down the steps, and there's a gender-neutral bathroom there for you. Or you're using a uh, teacher's lounge bathroom. And that, that's, again, that's another way that, for them to point out this person's different. And they're not different. They're a girl. That's how they were born. They have a birth defect. They're trying to have it removed. Let's move on. Let's stop this war.
3: That's all I'm saying. Uh, I agree. I agree, um, and this all, folks, this ties in perfectly with our next bit here in terms of LGBTQ news. So this is coming from HRC, from the Human Rights Campaign, uh, in their tweet and article today. Donald Trump's HUD pick, Ben Carson, is an outspoken opponent of LGBTQ equality. His position should disqualify him from consideration. So that's a very definitive stand. HRC is not missing words. They are anti-Ben Carson as the HUD secretary. Um, we have a clip that we have borrowed from HRC that is a compilation of uh, different interviews and comments that Ben Carson has made throughout his uh, presidential run regarding the LGBTQ and his statements, and it's gonna be very telling. Let's go ahead and play the
6: clips and then we'll discuss on the other end.
5: You think they have control over their sexuality?
6: Absolutely. You think
1: being gay is a choice?
6: Absolutely. Why do you say that? Because a lot of people who go into prison Go into prison straight, and when they come out, they're gay. So, did something happen while they were in there? And uh, no group, uh, be they gays, be they NAMLA, uh, be they people who believe in bestiality, it it doesn't matter what they are, they don't get to change the definition. I like the old, you know, don't ask, don't tell philosophy. The White House just came out about conversion therapy, saying that they don't think it should happen, they don't think it works based on studies. That kind of thing should be left to therapists, and to individuals. You think it could work? I don't think it's anybody else's business. You know, we look at uh, this whole transgender thing. Wouldn't that be the same as if you woke up tomorrow morning after seeing a movie about Afghanistan or reading some books and you say, you know what, I'm Afghanistan. Boys who say, I feel like a girl today, that is such a bunch of garbage. Give me a break. You know, deal with the transgender thing somewhere else. And when we start trying to impose the extra rights based on a few people who perhaps are abnormal, where does that lead?
3: Yeah. Wow. All right. So we're back. Uh, You just heard direct quotes, a compilation then from Ben Carson, who was a former presidential candidate, lost in the primary to Donald Trump and is an outspoken opponent of LGBTQ equality. Um, his interpretations and understanding of our sexuality and identity are pretty eye-opening. Roddy Biggs, I'm coming over to you. What's your take on Ben Carson?
4: I hate him. I'm going to be honest. And to people who know me, this is a hard thing to say, but if it was given to me to vote for Carson or Donald Trump, I would have chosen Donald Trump in a heartbeat. Like if they were the only two candidates, for him to compare sexuality to bestiality is just unprecedented. And for him to not have a stance on conversion therapy, refuse to say it, and just he's just not a good person at all how he wrote things and what he believes in, what he stands for, if he even stands for anything. So I'm 100% behind HRC on that one. And I really don't think he should hold office at all. He has no right to say the things he says about our community. And I'm pretty sure he's probably even never met anyone in our community because if he had, He probably be saying the things he's saying because, yeah. So that's my thoughts on him.
3: Thank thank you, Uh, Peter. And I will not hold you to it, but he's sort of batting for your team. Um, He's a brain surgeon who essentially did lose the primary to Donald Trump. Trump is now uh, nominating him to be Secretary of the HUD. What do you think about Ben Carson and this nomination?
0: Well, I can tell you that listening to those quotes is a little damaging, though I would have to do a little bit more research to see the circumstances. really not much you can go with, uh, you know, as those are pretty hard uh, to hear. But it sounds like, um, and I can respect other things that he has done very well. This is probably a very bad thing for him. Um, but it sounds like that uh, Gay for Trump or whatever Needs to do their mission Which is basically to reach out To people like this And try to work And get this person To actually understand In a conservative type tone Not a ram it down your throat tone You know And to find and maybe change And involve his thinking And I think like the other person Who just spoke um, That he probably had never met those type of people. He doesn't understand those type of people. So he really can't really, he, it's his thinking and his mind. And he has, he probably has never really had to deal with that issue. I, for one, had not known a lot of transgender people, so I didn't understand it myself. I didn't ever deny until I met and I respect transgenders and gender fluid people. Um, but it looks like that we have our work cut out with at least him. And it's a yeah. very glad thing that Donald Trump does not feel like he that Ben Carson does. And maybe Donald Trump can rub off on Bill Carson because as we know, Donald Trump had already invited Caitlyn Jenner to use his bathrooms and it's been very, very, you know, uh, openly LGBT and even transgenders.
3: I, I, I've seen it I've seen it in print. I agree with you, um, although it's a bit controversial on the left. I'm not sure everyone agrees. Kendra, um, when you listen to Ben Carson, does it sound like it goes without saying he doesn't know or understand either a gay person or a trans? It sounds like he spent so much time in the ER doing operations and not communicating with other human beings, doesn't it?
5: Yes, absolutely. And the thing of it is I, I wouldn't be as light on him as most people. In my experience, I'd like to consider us and gender in people that are actually out there in public and, and, and want to talk to about these is, issues. As ambassadors, We you know, we show them we're like any other girl uh, or man than on what gender you identify with. And the problem is when Ben Carson says tries to identify or classify us in the same group as Nambla or bestiopathy, that's not something I think he's willing to be educated on. I think it it's gone way beyond that point. He's he's it, those are attacks. Those are direct attacks. And when you have somebody in power like that, somebody that's in authority, it just allows other people, um, like a free pass to harass, discriminate. You know, look, this is our government. These are our leaders. These are the people we look up to. This is how they feel, so we
3: can feel like that, too. There's no way that man should be an awful. All right. All right. Well, thank you. So, uh, folks, we are going to need to transition. It's just a matter it's an interest of time. We have uh, less than 15 minutes in the broadcast. So moving into our political segment now, President-elect Donald Trump is the president-elect on Friday, January 20th. He will be inaugurated as the 45th president of the United States. This is where we stand, America. President-elect Trump gave a press conference on Wednesday. It was his first since the summer, and the intention of this press conference was to address his business conflicts and Russia. Ended up being a hot topic, um, adding to the fire. Buzzfeed and CNN had just come out with different versions of an explosive allegation that Russia was blackmailing Trump with a possible sex tape, um, and this was somehow linked to briefing materials, classified briefing materials that were given to both President Obama and President-elect Trump on the same day, and CNN took the high ground and said that there was this report in a classified dossier, but they did not publish any details. BuzzFeed, on the other hand, went in the other direction and published a full 35-page PDF with all of the unfounded allegations against President-elect Trump. So here's where we're going with this. When it came time for the press conference and CNN tried to get in a question, this is what happened with President-elect Trump facing off with CNN. And no, this is not a clip from Saturday Night Live. Michael Cohn. Sir,
2: since you're attacking us, can you give us a question? No, Mr. President-elect. Go, go ahead. Mr. Go elect, ahead. since you are attacking no, our news not you. organization, not you. can you give us a chance? Your organization. You're, you are terrible. attacking
1: our news organization. Your organization. Can you give us terrible. a chance Let's to go. ask a question, sir? Go ahead. Sir, can quiet. You stay can, quiet? Mr. President-elect, go ahead. Can she's, you say categorically? Asking a question. Can you Don't be Mr. Be President-elect, can you give us a question? Don't be rude. I'm not going to give you a question. I'm not going to give you a question. Can you stay categorically? You are fake news. Sir, Can you stay categorically? that nobody... No, Mr. President-elect, that's not Go
3: appropriate. Ahead. Mr. President-elect, that's not appropriate. Now, did you notice that when Trump said you are fake news, there were audible, like, gas there were people clapping in the background. That's the part that really gets my attention. Um, I One more clip to follow that up, though, to support this. Um, ben from BuzzFeed News was interviewed on CNN with Brian Stelter and asked to explain their decision to release the materials, which created all of this media controversy. I, I see the case for reporting it out and not sharing it. I see the case for saying, here are these claims – here is this document at the center of the fight. Take a look. I think I actually don't see the case for the middle position. I actually thought, I realize you're not a spokesman for CNN. The middle position and I is don't mean to put journalism. You. No, the, the journalism that we were all doing was, was to try to verify the claims. Once you repeat them and put them out there, but to not share the
5: underlying the, the documents. the actual claims
1: were not put out there. The story that CNN uh, the published and saw, the story the
5: New York Times the headline published I just that saw. this was a topic briefed to the president-elect and that that's what the news
3: was. The headline that you just put up was claims that he was pro- compromised by Russian intelligence.
5: But you're conflating these two the way the Trump aides. What, what actually, you're saying is you, know, you all published the claims. No, CNN did not, and neither did the New York Times or the Washington Post or
3: Okay. As promised, we're going to come in for a panel discussion here. Um, Peter Boykin, I'm coming over to you. So there's sort of two different major headlines. There's this ongoing theory supported in some ways by our intelligence agencies that Russia hacked or aided in the election of Donald Trump. That is still an open wound. That's an unaddressed issue, but that's one specific issue. But personal blackmail and allegations of a sex tape is yet another matter. Um, I just want to ask you straight out, what's your opinion on the Russia matters? Do you think there's any smoking gun there? I know that Trump keeps saying, let's move on as a nation, let's move on. Is, is the Russia thing kind of being a broken record? Are we all getting tired of it?
0: Yeah, it's gotten to the point where, you know, we just make it. It's a silly point. Um, there's really, you know, if anybody would know, any most countries have been done espionage against each other for many, many years people need to actually realize that it's not so much the issue that Russia apparently hacked uh, what a bathroom server, you know, I've seen the pictures. Um, They, even if they did, it doesn't matter who hacked it. It, What matters is what the actual contents of that was. The only thing close that they even said that they claimed that Donald Trump had something to do with the Russians is the quote where he basically said, hey, if you did hack into the emails could you release the emails that were deleted it wasn't basically go go out and hack her he's basically saying if you have them release them you know and it needs to be important that it's what is in those emails that's important the illegal acts and the different things that was exposed so you've got though wiki links that uh, basically said it was not Russia that did it but I think they try to use this whole issue to de you know, delegitimize the uh, election of Trump, but also to try to put a cog in the United States Trump, uh, United States and um, Russia's um, relationship, which I think is very important. Um, we actually need to get along with Russia. They could be a very good ally. Yes, there's bad things that we do or they do, but the United States aren't safe either. So. We have other problems in the world, and Russia and America really need to get along, so I don't really see a problem with getting along with Putin. In fact, you had Hillary Clinton and now Obama basically trying to get us in a war with Russia when we have way much more important. We have ISIS to deal with. They're beheading people. They're throwing gays off the buildings. They're chopping people's heads off. They're um, killing women, and you have Russia – they're drinking vodka and apparently hot-packing yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, they're not doing anything. Why are we worried about them?
3: They're important on the world stage. Thank you, Peter. Uh, Kendra, I know this is going to sound like a loaded question, but if there was any other possible worst scenario by which Donald Trump was about to be sworn in as a for president, I can't think of it uh, because you have this looming controversy with one half of the nation, the nation that did not vote for him, that basically is concerned that he may be an illegitimate president. Um, what are your thoughts about Russia still being in the headlines and the fact that it is an unknown? You know who did what and who knew what when, right?
5: Exactly. Yeah. No. Um. I. I me being a libertarian, um, I kind of find myself a lot of times in the, right in the middle, and where I'm agreeing some things on the right, some things on the left, but. Um, in this issue, I don't think education or knowledge of the situation is, uh, is going to hurt anything. They need to find this out. Again, if there is connection, they got to know they, they, because, uh, like you said, half the country didn't go for them. They want to you know. They want to they know they're not getting in a situation where uh, Trump is uh, actually lockstep in line with uh, Russia. Um but at the same time, like I said, and and the whole CNN thing with uh Donald Trump, um, this has been going on where the right accuses uh some media outlets of being biased and the left accusing some uh media outlets to be biased. But nobody has sat back and said, I'm not gonna answer questions from you You know, this is a this is unprecedented. You, you just, they're news organizations, people know that they might be a, there might be a slant on it coming from CNN or Fox. It's just the way it is. But you can't exclude certain news organizations just because they, you know they're going to ask the question that's going to be tough. So, yes, they need to keep looking into it regardless of what they find. If it's nothing, then that's great. If it is something, we need to know about it.
3: Definitely. Thank you, Roddy Biggs. Uh, I know that you have another another show coming up in a few minutes here, so I'm going to try to wrap this up within the next five minutes. Um, but on Russia, what do you think at this point? Do you think that the Russian scandal of both the hacking and the sex tape are relevant, or should we just turn the page,
4: look away? They they were relevant, and they're still relevant for in the future. But right this moment, we have so much going on. I don't understand why media is still focusing so big on it. I do think that staff and the CIA and FBI need to be continuing the investigation, seeing what's going on. But media, move on. There is so much more in America than a server. And there is so much more in America than an email and everything. Those stories happening every single day that are never covered on the media. So, yeah, it's relevant. But is it relevant to be talked about every single day?
3: No. Definitely, definitely. Now, um, we're going to have to cut – I apologize. We're going to have to cut the Obamacare and the John Lewis segment. We're literally down to the wire. But I want to – believe it or not, we're going to move on to the Saturday Night Live bit because here is the ultimate relevance for everything. Saturday Night Live historically in as many years so I've been watching it since the 1990s is literally like the bizarro Superman mirror reflection of what's really going on so as far as the Trump press conference let's hand it over to Alec Baldwin and you'll see
1: hello hello thank you for coming I'd like to start by answering the question that's on everyone's mind Yes, this is real life. This is really happening. (laughs) On January 20th, I, Donald J. Trump will become the 45th president of the United States. And then two months later, Mike Pence will become the 46th. (laughs) I am so excited to live in the White House. I'm even going to have a little pet, like all the presidents do. Bill Clinton had socks, Barack Obama had bow, and I'll have Paul
2: Ryan.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm not gay but I cannot wait to give it to that man for four years.
3: Wow. Okay. Okay. So uh, we're not quite ready for the panel yet, but just stew on that for a moment there. They worked in a joke at Paul Ryan's expense and a gay one at that, but the craziness doesn't end there because this crazy Russian sex tape allegation basically takes over the SNL version of Trump's press conference, which is not that far off from the real press conference, by the way
1: as you all know, this is my first press conference in six months, and there was so much to talk about. I'm bringing jobs back. I'm picking the best cabinet. So go ahead, ask me anything. Yes, you. Hey, uh, ABC News, I'd like to ask you about your big Russian pee party. No, no, I am not talking about the PP.
2: Because
1: it didn't happen. And it wasn't as cool as it sounds. Next question.
3: Yes, Justice Scalia's death has left a vacancy on the Supreme Court, and many are wondering about your timeline for a replacement. So I guess my question is, did you guys, like,
1: all pee? Or did you just, like, watch them guys, pee? <laughs> guys, no, no, I do not want to talk about the PP. I want to talk about what is really important, which is jobs, okay, because I am going to bring back a thick stream of jobs back into this country. <laughs> the biggest strongest steadiest stream we've ever seen this country will be literally showered with jobs because i am a major whiz at jobs and this will be a golden opportunity for me as president to make a big splash now, who's with me i know you're in how about you you're in you're in you're in you're in you're in, you're in. okay
3: We are down to our final three minutes. I'm going to go around the room one last time for a final sign-off. Roddy Biggs is the host of Spectrum Stories on News, America, Roddy, um, what are your final thoughts for today? Wow.
4: So this is the nation we live in. And on behalf of my Spectrum Stories, i like to say I'm sorry, America. I'm sorry that this is what it's come to that we have people who live in fear. And all I can say is keep your head held high, keep fighting for what you believe in, and never give up. It's four years of our lives. It's going to suck for four years, but it will get better.
3: All right. Thank you, Roddy Diggs. Uh, Peter Boykin, president, activist, and Internet hero, dot org. Uh, what are your final thoughts today, and uh, what would you like to see happen at the inauguration?
0: Uh, final thoughts is uh, the one that clip. Um, it's ironic that a man who basically called his daughter a fat little pig years ago was basically trying to make fun of Donald Trump. Um, it is a funny joke, but I mean, it's uh, pee pee jokes always work, you know, uh, it's preschool jokes, and they can be funny. Um, but, um, inauguration is going to be wonderful. We're having our Deplora Ball and, and the, um, Potomac, Maryland area on Friday, the 20th. And there's a few tickets left. Um, and, uh, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be huge. And, um, we won't be having any golden showers there.
3: (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we wish you luck at the uh, at deplorable. Um, once again, you know, congratulations. Uh, President Trump is the president-elect, so we sincerely wish him well. Um, and uh, Kendra Chelsea, making your first appearance on Us America, transgender activist living in the Washington D.C. area. What are your final thoughts? You get the final word today.
4: I'm going to
5: say, if um, there is any transgender women listening, I would I would have to say, you know, keep your chin up. I know it seems like we've been set back 10 years by this election, or 20, um, but we've fought through things much worse, and I don't see anybody here losing any steam, any motivation. Um, They may think they're going to push us back, but there's no chance of that. So um, I think even though we're in the situation we are now, I think uh, we're ultimately win
3: All right. Thank you for that. And uh, once again, we want to thank all of our panelists today, Roddy Diggs, Kendra Chelsea, and Peter Boykin. You're listening to LGBTQ America, and we will see you next week.